on today's show. It's basically Christmas morning. The NBA season is back. The LA Clippers are back. They're opening night, Wednesday night against the Blazers. And in this episode, I am giving you the ultimate LA Clippers season preview. What's the team like? What's the vibes? What are the goals? What are reasonable expectations? And what are the team's strengths and weaknesses? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast, (coughs) your team every day. Yes, sir, you are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, in opening night of my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You gotta love it. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I go live after almost every Laker and Clipper game every single night to talk about it. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you think the team's strengths and weaknesses are. Do you agree or disagree with things that I said? Let me know anything in the comment section below. Well, Clipper Nation, here we are. Here I am. I'll take that drink now. It's here. Opening night. The wait is over. We're back after what was a long offseason and a very much needed offseason it felt like for Clipper Nation. It seemed like so many fans were extremely burned out after last season. I remember the couple of weeks after we had been eliminated, the view count on this channel just took a nosedive. And that's because I think everybody was just sick of it. They just didn't want to hear about the Clippers anymore. They needed their own Clipper tea break. So now we're back. There's, I want to say renewed optimism, but the words that everyone has been using to me has been or have been cautiously optimistic. That's been the phrase that's been repeated so much from Clipper fans to me, cautiously optimistic, and I think that's a good way to be. I don't really expect anything this season. I said in the, pre- in the offseason that I think we should have gone a different direction because I don't trust the health of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But here we are. We're back for the fifth year with those two. So I have no choice but to get behind the team. And I truly believe that this team, if they can stay healthy, are still a contender. So let's talk about what this Clipper team's reputation is, what the goals really are right now. This really feels like a last dance kind of situation. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have not been offered extensions for obvious reasons because they have not proven that they can stay healthy. Paul George came out with a quote that his legacy as a Clipper right now is not being able to finish, not being able to stay healthy. I would disagree with him and think he's being a little too modest because in 2021, he literally led us past what no other Clipper team had ever done, and he should never downplay that. But I understand and I like his self-reflection because he understands that if you look at the grand scope of things, it kind of has been a disappointment. I obviously said as long as they go further than any Clipper team ever, I will always have love for them. That doesn't necessarily mean that the era has been a success, though, just because the Clipper history is so bad that you don't even have to do much because the bar is so low. 
the Clippers need to make at least another conference finals. We need to try. I mean, when I when we got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I was convinced we were getting at least one championship because of Kawhi and how great he is. But that's really been the tough thing, right? Is that Kawhi's only finished one postseason as a member of the Clippers, and that was in the bubble without fans. So it really is just time for the Clippers to stay healthy. That's the main thing. They have a good squad. People have differing opinions on that, and I'm going to talk about those in the in the future segments, in the second and third segment. But as far as what time it is, what is really the, the mood for this Clipper team, I think there's a lot of optimism. I think it looks like there's been a lot of fun had in training camp. Kawhi Leonard's been more vocal. He's been more open with the media, cracking more jokes. He just seems like he's in better spirits. He's talked about how his knee feels a lot better because the ACL is a two-year process. And this being the second year, he's good to go. Actually, no, last year was the second year. The first year is the rehab year where he didn't play at all. So now he's good to go. He says that it's not going to be any load management. There's not going to be any minutes restriction. So I expect him to play 30-plus minutes on opening night. So the fact that we have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George starting on Wednesday night for the first time since they've become Clippers on a Clipper home opener is an amazing thing because you'd have to take a step back and think for a sec. Have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George really not started a Clippers home opener together? And they haven't because the only chance they could have gotten was last year where Kawhi came off the bench and 2021 where Kawhi hurt his face against the Nuggets when Ibaka elbowed him on accident and we got 50-piece by Dallas without Kawhi. So this is going to be the first time, of course, the really sad news that was reported on Tuesday that Terrence Mann will be out with a sprained ankle. And I saw a video of him on Wednesday morning with a boot on, which is really discouraging. And I hate that. It's just such an unfortunate blow given the announcement that Terrence has now entered the starting lineup. I was really excited for him to guard Anthony Simons and see that look together with everyone else. But now we're just going to have to wait a little bit to see Terrence Mann with the team in the starting lineup. There hasn't been a timetable listed. It is just a sprained ankle. I'm guessing it's a low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain, which would be worse. But it's funny because Bones Highland also sprained his ankle. So we have two players with an ankle sprain. As of right now, as of the moment that I'm recording this show, Bones Highland has been listed as questionable. So that's an upgrade from what I believed. I was kind of convinced he wasn't going to play on Wednesday night. Especially with Terrence Mann out, it would be great if he does. But look, the Clippers, they have star power. They have depth. A lot of people have been kind of questioning how good their role players still are. Obviously, that power forward spot where we've got a couple of older guys has been questioned. But I really think the Clippers have to stay healthy because it's put up or shut up now. If they fail again this year to stay healthy and you're going into the Intuit Dome, I think it's going to be hard. And I know Clipper fans are the most loyal fans in basketball, but it might be hard to convince them to do this again, to buy into another year of this when they can't stay healthy. And just bringing in another star is not going to prevent them from staying uh, from getting injured. So if the Clippers can't stay healthy again this year, I think it's really time to look at a different direction going into the Intuit Dome because it's put up or shut up now. This is the fifth year. It's been second round exit, conference finals exit, play-in exit, and first round exit. Now it's time to see 
if they can take it a step further. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about the strengths and weaknesses of this Clipper team. Stay tuned. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy entry app out there. Prize picks is really simple to play. All you got to do is this. No matter what sport it is, right now you got basketball season starting, football season. I know a lot of people that do prize picks for football. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills and you feel like you know how many yards someone's going to throw for or how many yards someone's going to run for, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps on the app. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. The withdrawals are quick, the gameplay is easy, and you have a huge selection of players and stat types to make picks with. I've had a good experience on prize picks. Made some money off basketball one time, and now with basketball season starting, you're going to have a lot of options for that as well. So I highly recommend it. Recommend it. Go to prizepicks.com/lockedonnba and use code lockedonnba for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Go to prizepicks.com/lockedonnba and use code lockedonnba for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize picks, the place. To be. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to be reacting to the game. Hopefully, the first Clipper win of the season versus the Portland Trailblazers. They should win even without Terrence Mann. I know we are favored. And you got to take care of business. The schedule gods have blessed us yet again. Last season, we didn't take advantage of it, going 5-5 five and five in our first 10 games. And our first game was against the Lakers, and we took care of business. This game, a little bit more of a trap game. We're at home for our first game. I know technically we were at the Staples Center for the opener last year as well, but at the Lakers floor is not a true home game. Tonight, we're going to have the Die Hard section debuting in Section 207 that I'll be in. And we'll have DJ Dance, Hannah Cormier, and all our Clipper personnel running the event. So I'm looking forward to it. But let's talk about the strengths of this team, right? First, the star power at the top. What every team that wants to win a championship questions or asks is, do we have a player that can take us over the hump play at such a high level at the highest point of competition in the NBA, which is the finals, conference finals. Basically, to sum it up, can they be the best product championship team? Well, we already know the answer for us. Yes. Because Kawhi Leonard has done it before. He did it with Toronto. He's played at a best player in the NBA level in the playoffs in 2021, arguably last year before he got hurt. Although Jokic, I'm not going to say he was better than Jokic, but right there after him. He was playing better than Giannis, Looked in his limited games. He was playing better than KD. Even Booker, who was one of the best players in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler, as much as I love him, I'm taking Kawhi when he's healthy all day. So we have that number one guy. Do we have the number two guy? Paul George has yet to be able to prove that he can be, or let me put it this way. He's yet to have the opportunity to be the second option for a full playoff run with Ty Lue as coach. And when I say second option, I mean second scoring option. When he played with Russ, he was still the number one scorer, even though it was Russ's team. And I'd argue Russ was the better player the first year they were were together. And then the second year, Paul George had the better season. 
So this is really the first time since when he's joined up with Kawhi that he's been, since he became a star, of course, that he's the second best scorer on his team. But he's never gotten a chance in the playoffs to really prove this. So as far as the top two options, Clippers have those. Now we have a better third option than we've had in the 2-1-3 era. The first year, it was Lou Williams or Montrez. I'm sorry, but I'm taking Westbrook. 2021, Reggie Jackson, I'm taking Westbrook, even though Reggie was nuclear in that playoffs. So I think having Westbrook, he is the better third option than any of the third options that we've had in the 2-1-3 era. Another strength, I think, is Ty Lue, depending on which Ty Lue we get. If it's Ty Lue from last season that's playing way too small of lineups, really not prioritizing the defensive end, Seems like he's just kind of playing around and tinkering throughout the season with no real urgency to win games and get a high seed. Then, yeah, that's not going to be a strength. But if we get the tie loop in the first two years, that's getting the most out of everybody, that's playing smart lineups, making great in-game adjustments. We've got one of the better coaches in the league surrounded by a good team. Another strength we have is depth. We have 11 guys with a case to play on this basketball team and get regular minutes. The starting lineup, Bones Highland, Norman Powell, K.J. Martin, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, and Mason Plumley. And if you really want to go further, we can go to Amir Coffey, Brandon Boston, and Kobe Brown. Plenty of guys that can play. Plenty of guys, and even Marcus Morris, if you really want to go that far. Plenty of guys that can play on other teams in the rotation. Like, for example, I think Amir Coffey, you put him on the Blazers, he's the backup small forward right away. Brandon Boston, same kind of deal. So... Even though Shadon Sharp is the sixth man, I think he would play alongside those guys. So the Clippers have a strength in depth. I don't think we have the problem of too much depth like we had last season. I was asked that by Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers on the Tuesday pod. I think we are more equipped to be to have more defined roles, to not have people say, oh, I mean, one night I'm getting 10 minutes, the next night I'm getting 20, all these different things. I feel as though, and this is just a prediction, it's not anything I know, that Nicholas Batum is going to be the 11th man, meaning that he'll play when someone's injured or we need something. But overall, I think he's going to be okay with some games getting DNPs, for real. He has, he's already expressed that he wants to get less minutes. Because the other alternative is Kobe, uh, I'm sorry, KJ Martin. And the only reason I'm saying KJ Martin is because I'm still not sure what kind of player he is. Defensively, I'm not sure what kind of defender he is. And offensively, all I've seen is that he can finish around the rim here and there. He's a great lob threat, very athletic. But in terms of when he's playing with Zoo in the lineup, right, and Zoo's around the basket, is that does that become two non-shooters around the painted area? And then if you had Russ in there, you have three guys the defense is not really going to respect from the outside. So... We'll see. I think K.J. Martin, though, given that he's a new signing and that he's, or a new addition, I should say, and he adds athleticism to a team that has lacked it and has said they want to play with more speed this year, I think he will be the guy that plays more so than Nico Batum. But given that Terrence Mann is out, you should see Nico Batum on Wednesday night. So I'm expecting Norm, Nico, Rocco, and Mason to all play off the bench if Bones Highland doesn't play, you can throw Amir Coffey in there. Maybe even Marcus Morris, who Ty Lue said was available on Wednesday night. How would you feel about seeing Marcus Morris for some bench minutes? As I've said, I prefer for him not to really play because I think we should play Amir Coffey or Brandon Boston if we're really that desperate. Or even Kobe Brown, just start developing our younger players instead of a guy that's already peaked. 
but Marcus Morris still has the ability when he's the good version of himself to create for himself and knock down some contested shots when the offense isn't creating many good looks. So we'll see. Personally, I don't want him to play, but if he does, I don't think it's going to be that long, and I hope that he can provide something. Another strength, I think, for the Clippers is their continuity. Last season, we didn't really have that. That was a big word that we used and said the Clippers don't have any continuity. But this season, they're returning Kawhi Leonard, fifth season with the team. Paul George, fifth season with the team. Norman Powell, second full season with the team, but he came in the middle of the 2022 season. So second full season with the team. Westbrook, first full season with the team. Marcus Morris, technically it's his fourth full season with the team. It's been four and a half years for him. I just wonder how long he'll be on the team. Bones Highland, first full season with the team. Ivica Zubats, fifth full season with the team. Five and a half years. He's actually the longest tenured Clipper now, Ivica Zubats. Terrence Mann, also his fifth full year with the team. Mason Plumley, first full year. Nicholas Batum, fourth full year. Robert Covington, second full year. So we have continuity. We have guys that have gotten to know each other. As I said, the vibes in training camp seem high. It seems like we have a team that has great chemistry off the court. And that's one step in becoming a great team cohesively is actually liking each other, actually enjoying spending time with one another. So it's a real family bond. And that's something that we've heard as the years have gone on that Lob City just didn't really have. Chris Paul has said that they didn't go out to dinner and all that. Ralph Lawler said that in 2014 they had really good chemistry. So I think it may have just gotten worse as time went on. But it seems like, and this team has had their shaky years too, right? For example, 2020, you could clearly tell that wasn't a very cohesive team behind the scenes. And when Montrez Harrell kind of laid all that baggage out that he didn't like the preferential treatment that 2-1-3 was getting, and to be honest, I understand him given the way he had fought for us the previous year, that team seemed disconnected. And of course, Paul George not, uh, not being healthy. We didn't practice much according to Glenn Rivers, so... That team just didn't seem like they had the best chemistry. They were kind of just riding on talent. And you saw that in the playoffs when they crumbled. 2021, amazing chemistry. The way the bench would get excited for each other. It was just a different level. I think we had certain guys like DeMarcus Cousins and Rondo, who people, funny funny enough, they've had their issues with certain players and personnel or coaches in the past. But they're actually pretty good. They were good locker room guys for us. From everything that I heard, they were enjoyable to have. And I think they really added a level of experience and seriousness into that bench. And so I think that the 2021 and 2022 teams, their chemistry was really good. 2023, you could clearly tell. I think they liked each other. But what was happening was Ty Lue versus the front office, the minutes distribution, Reggie and Marcus Morris falling off a cliff, and it being tough to have conversations about removing them out of the lineup and things of that nature. So people just weren't happy with their roles. A lot of disgruntled players, people upset with the medical staff. John Wall, apparently, I heard, wasn't the easiest to deal with for many people. So... It wasn't great. Right now, the vibes are high. It feels like the squad is connected. And because we're under the radar, and even though that's not necessarily a strength of the squad, I think it could be a strength of the season, is that the Clippers are not being looked at like that. First four games are not on national television before we play the Lakers. That's a great opportunity to fly under the radar and move in silence like real G's and get some wins. And then everyone looks at the standings and they're like, oh, the Clippers are 3-0, 4-0. Maybe this is the season that they can put it together. It starts to, uh, on Wednesday night with the Blazers. But coming up, going to be talking about, also, yeah, going to be talking about our weaknesses and acknowledging if maybe some of our strengths from the previous seasons are no longer our strengths. Going to be talking about that. 
coming up. All right. So one of the biggest strengths with the Clippers in previous years has been the three-point shot, the percentage that they shoot on it. They don't always shoot in the highest volume, but last year, for example, the Clippers shot 38% from three as a team, which was good enough for third in the league. As far as attempts, they're middle of the pack, and they have been in this two-on-three era, and I actually love that. There's a lot of Clipper media members that like them chucking up more threes because of the math and all that. I think that the reason why the Clippers shoot a good percentage from three is because for the most part, they take the right ones. They are are middle of the pack. They don't get too three happy. And I think that's the move. I think that's why they shoot a good percentage. Not because, you know, just just forcing up threes to hit a certain number because of math, I don't think is a smart strategy. I think that's how you shoot yourself out of games. To me, you don't go into a certain game thinking of how many shots you're going to take and targeting a number, unless you're like Paul George, where the team literally needs you to take 10-plus shots or 15-plus shots, or else we just don't have a good enough chance of winning. But for the most part, you want to go into the game and just see how the flow of the game takes you. What is the defense asking from you? Where is the game trending? And what do you need to do to adjust to any given moment? Not just, oh, we're going to take 43s tonight because the math is enough, so we'll just make sure we get them up there. I know teams try that approach. I'm not a huge fan of it. But the Clippers have had a strength in three-point shooting. Now, this season, here are our weaknesses to me. First, health. That's the obvious one. I also forgot when I was talking about strengths, the Clippers have great mid-range players when it comes to Kawhi and Paul, which is a fantastic thing to have in the playoffs. A lot of teams, when they have no three-ball going or nothing at the rim, they have no in-between. Clippers, that's not a problem. Having Westbrook from the beginning of the season, having a true great passing point guard, that's something the Clippers have not had in any year with the 2-1-3 era. John Wall was an attempt, and it was a failed one. Now they have it. A backup center. Having a backup center that has been a starter for many years that is a strength. And, of course, having more youth athleticism for, for an increased amount of rim pressure, which means getting to the basket. Clippers have more of that than last season. Weaknesses, health, obviously. Got to stay healthy. Clippers struggle to do that. Defensively, I think we have a pretty good team personnel-wise. We have a lot of wings, right? That's one of our strengths. We have Rocco. We have Nico. We have KJ Martin. We have Terrence. We have Paul. We have Kawhi. We have wings, but given our starting lineup, Terrence, Russ, Paul, Kawhi, and Zoo, our bench is a little weak defensively when you look at it. Bones Highland, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, KJ Martin, and Mason Plumley. How many of those guys are good defenders? I would say only one, Robert Covington. And he's not even great on the ball. So who's guarding point of attack now? They're never going to be playing all five of them at once if Kawhi and Paul are healthy. As we know, Tyloo likes to stagger, which means leave one of them in. So in my opinion, whoever's in, if, if let's say it's Bones, Norm, KJ, and Mason alongside Paul, George, or Kawhi, Paul or Kawhi might have to guard point of attack, but you know they're going to try to switch them off. So the bench, there might be a challenge there defensively. You're going to need to see Bones Highland play like he has in preseason defensively with that kind of effort fighting over screens and activity with his hands. Norman Powell needs to be decent defensively. I think last season he was. 
I don't know what has happened in the offseason with Norman Powell in terms of the narrative around his defense. I always thought he was average. Some games not great, some games decent. But it seems like some kind of stats have been picked out and whatnot that shows that Norman Powell is like one of the worst defenders in the NBA. I don't agree with that. It doesn't match my eye test. I think he was surrounded by some really bad defensive lineups, and he's probably not going to be surrounded by very good defensive lineups this season either with his six-man role. But it doesn't matter as long as he helps the Clippers win games. If it's not a liability kind of thing, that's all that matters to me. So Norman Powell, I don't agree that he's just this cone defensively. Like he's worse than Reggie Jackson and Morris were last year. I don't believe that. So he needs to just be decent, high effort. And then if we do play Nico instead of KJ, if the defense ends up getting too bad, I think Nico will play instead of KJ. And now you have a point of attack guy right there. So having Nico, Rocco, and one of Kawhi Paul George out there, you're going to be fine. But I'm just letting you know now, the bench for the Clippers defensively isn't great. And they may have some rough rough stretches. How do you combat that? Well, if you play good offensively, then you can set your defense and it's good for momentum to get stops. So for the bench unit, I think the best defense will be offense, personally. And having a guy like Norman Powell and Bones Highland that can get to the line, that will slow the game down, which is actually not a terrible thing because us making free throws will get us to set our defense in the half court. But... We get, we get stops, then we run. Another weakness. Point of attack defense, maybe. We still don't really have a shutdown guy. Nico's older. Terrence is good at improving and he works hard, but he's not by any means some lockdown defender. Like He's not Davion Mitchell. He's not Matisse Tybel. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, given their offensive responsibilities and their health, they're not going to be guarding those guys primarily throughout games. So if you're asking me on Wednesday night what's going to happen, I think this is what should happen. Robert Covington should be inserted into the starting lineup. So that would mean a starting five. So now Nico's going to come off the bench. So we have Zoo, Rocco, Kawhi, Paul, and Russ. Russ will start the game guarding Scoot Henderson, his protege. Paul George will have to guard Simons, which is going to be tough. He's going to have to really fight over screens and use his length to bother him. We need a very locked-in Paul George tonight. Paul George said he's on his bully stuff. Well, first game to show us is Wednesday night. You got to show us. Paul George guarding Anthony Simons. Russell West, I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard will be guarding Jeremy Grant. And I would have Robert Covington guarding Tybal and just sag off of him. Romer, make him shoot. And then, of course, Zoo matching up with Aiton, which is this huge matchup, by the way. Zoo needs to hold his own on Wednesday night because if Aiton starts getting hot, it could be a problem. Weaknesses as well. When the Clippers go small, when they're starting lineup, which it is small, Kawhi, Paul, Terrence, and Russ, we don't have anybody that's over 6'9 besides Zubats. It needs to be gang rebounding. I can see rebounding being a little bit of a concern. Everybody needs to gang rebound and get a body on someone. Other things people are suggesting are weaknesses, and I wanted to bring them up because I don't know if I agree. Three-point shooting. Our three-point shooting is not necessarily as good as last year. We don't have Reggie Jackson. We don't have Marcus Morris really playing minutes like that consistently. We are not going to have Luke Kennard, who was literally the best three-point shooter in the NBA. We have Mason Plumlee, who can't shoot threes. We have Zubats, who can't not can't shoot, really. Zubats doesn't shoot mid-ranges. KJ Martin has no jump shot from what I've seen so far. And am I forgetting anyone? Westbrook, not the best shooter. So four out of our nine rotation guys aren't very good three-point shooters. How much will that affect our team's percentage and whatnot? 
I think we've replaced that three-point shooting with more guys that can get to the rim, but the three-point shooting has still been a great part of the Clippers' offense. However, let me read you some statistics. Percentage-wise, also Eric Gordon, who was pretty good shooting the ball for the Clippers in the regular season. We've got Kawhi Leonard, who shot 42% last season from three. We still have him. Brandon Boston in limited minutes averaged 42% as well. Or 41%, but I'm not really taking that seriously. Norman Powell shot 40%. We still have him. Nicholas Batum shot 39%. We still have him. Although I, I don't think he's going to play as much, and that's part of the reason why people are somewhat concerned. Terrence Mann, 39%. His role's increased. Paul George, 37%. Still have him. Marcus Morris, 36.5%. Not tripping off not having him. Westbrook, 36%. Now that's the big number. If he can stay at that, Clippers going to be amazing this season. But I don't think he will. I think he'll be around the 32-33 range. And to be honest, last season he shot for the Clippers in the regular season three and a half three-point attempts a game. I think he should only shoot two threes a game. Maybe three. That's it. I understand the argument of keeping the defense honest. But again, just like I suggested when we first got him, he's got open space. Take it. Just take it. Draw a second defender or go up with that guy that's recovering on you. I'd rather have that than a Westbrook three most of the time. But you know what? When he got the tape off of his fingers and he started shooting quickly with no hitch in his shot, because that's one thing that changed if you really know Westbrook's game. After the 2018 season, I think part of it is he had a surgery. He had some kind of surgery that missed, caused him to miss the first week of the season. But he also has the, had those tape on his fingers. Now he doesn't have them anymore, and it seems like he's been shooting better since. So we'll see how he shoots. I still don't expect him to shoot 36%. I just want him to keep the threes to a minimum. Bowens Highland, 35%. We still have him. Then, of course, Reggie Jackson shot 35%, which is mediocre. It's not even that great. So I think the Clippers should be fine. I, I don't know if we'll be top five at three-point shooting, but if we can be top 10, I'm okay with it. If we can be top half, I think I'm okay with it, depending on how often we're getting to the free throw line or getting to the basket. Let's see where we were in the NBA in terms of free throw attempts. 11th. Okay, it's not even that bad. So if we can be 11th in free throw, 8th or ninth in 3, and then be a much better defensive team, because last season the Clippers were 18th in defensive rating. 18th. They, kept, they keep saying top 5, top 5. Let's see. If we can be top 5, that'll be huge. Another thing people are saying that we lack Shot creation, not enough top-end talent. That's why they want James Harden. I just don't agree. I don't necessarily agree. We, we put this team together thinking that Paul George and Kawhi with role players will win us a championship, and now that's changed for what? Because they can't stay healthy? Then that's a them problem. It has nothing to do with our supporting cast or them not having enough help. Westbrook, again, the main thing is people don't like Westbrook's game. I do. We'll see how it goes. First test against Portland. I cannot wait. I'm excited to be in the building. If you see me there, please holler at me. I'll be in section 207. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports, and NBA history content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you comment on the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video for all things LA Clippers. The season begins. I can't wait. Hopefully, the Clippers are undefeated as of Thursday. Have a great time. Enjoy the game. And I hope to see several of you there.